Effective hemorrhoid treatment by ear, it's the RO Malpractice Podcast. I'm Dr. Christ, one of the panelists here on the show, and uh, let's see, who else do we have with us tonight? This is Dr. Josh, back from the bathroom. And destroying the universe one particle at a time with my Higgs boson death ray, I'm Dr. Tom. All right. You know, Chris, that was actually funny, <laughs> I gotta say. It would it would be funnier if it was an ear treatment via hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to what is the hopefully going to be the first public episode of the RO Malpractice podcast. Uh, let's see. Should we give people any background on us or just kind of go off into space? Probably best that they know as little as possible. Yeah. Um, so basically, we're doctors. We we know each other through various fields of work. and Doctoring. Black market organ transplants. Exactly. So we're basically going to talk about whatever it is that we feel like talking about and, you know, go from there. So uh, I have nothing. <laughs> I've been in Guatemala performing plastic surgeries. Oh, that's a good place to go. I hear they pay um, bottom dollar there, but you know what? There's no insurance. They go there. No anesthesia. They give you a rat turd with some seasoned salt. Oh, that's painful. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just blatantly ripping off of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah, I do remember that one. <laughs> you know Have what? you seen Master Shake? <laughs> Wait, what? Have you seen Master Shake? I was wondering if you were the guy that uh, gave him the coconuts. Oh, gosh. All the fat around his eyelids. <laughs> uh, that's, I think that's probably one of my favorite episodes, that one. I think it was. I think that was the first one I saw, too. That's what got me hooked on that show. Where, where, was, it, was, it, was it me that brought you down there? Because I, I remember we watched Super Spore. Oh, uh, maybe it was that one. I, I, I all I know you. is that you gave me a VHS tape with a bunch of Aqua Teen Hunger Force episodes, <laughs> and I watched them all probably like 20 times each. Literally, there was like a month where like every night before bed, I would watch like two or three episodes of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I, I, my, my personal favorite is The Brood Witch. The Brood Witch that, cannot be disassembled. <laughs> well, that, evidently it can because I did. <laughs> Or I did it, or whatever. I forgot the exact thing. Yeah, I mean, it. it it's it, you know we we should totally come up with you know there, there's got to be some other like random cartoon idea that hasn't been invented yet. Um, a random idea, a random cartoon idea that hasn't been invented yet. Yeah, like something like just over the top ridiculous. All right, how about a cartoon? This this is uh, this is topical actually. Make a cartoon about a bunch of females who never get their way and claim to be victims. <laughs> All right. Now that what? I've offended fifty-one percent of the population, do you have any ideas, Josh? Uh, a cartoon about uh, a group of females that always gets their way. And still pretends to be victims. <laughs> so, so basically, reality. Hey, 
Whoa. Oh. All right. Well, now that we're on the making fun of women train, how about those women, eh? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, we 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 love we love women. Um, so you I know. love women. Yes, we're, we're. I don't know if Chris loves women or not. I'm married to one, so I would assume, but good you know. cover, buddy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but um, you know, like maybe we. Like, what about something, like, with, like, I don't know, like, talking cockroaches that, like, talk about how messed up people's houses are or something. You know, like, where, you know, they're talking, like, the cockroaches are talking about, like, how bad, ooh, better yet, it could be, like, you know, like, a cockroach moves into one of those people from the show, like, Hoarders, where, you know, or Jersey Shore, yeah, where the place is just so disgusting that even they find it appalling. How about just Jersey Shore with cockroaches as the main characters? I um I've never seen the show before, but it was my understanding that those were the main characters. <laughs> it wouldn't uh, be too far off from the original. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I've so never seen the show. Away. But it's like, hey, are you are you ready to make eight billion babies? <laughs> what? And they're all like, I eat poop. <laughs> Uh, Chairman Mao, uh, what, right. what, do, what do you think about that? Oh, we didn't introduce Chairman Mao. The audience That's has... Okay. Yeah. Chairman Mao is, is our, our, our mascot. Uh, he, he is also, you know, he has the final say. You know, if, if, if you know, what he says essentially goes. Right now he's talking over me. Which I'm fine with because he's Chairman Meow and we need to listen to him. I think you need to stop. All you right. You made the chairman very upset. Ah, eh, well. That's what I do. All right, Chairman. Okay. He's done with you. Thank you. Well, the chairman is an integral part of our family here. I mean, you know. Th- the, the chairman is just has the final he say. A, he is a source of all wisdom. I don't know if you you guys have, have gone on the oral malpractice Facebook page recently. I have. I saw his uh, picture. He Wait, the Facebook page shot. is live very now? Very attractive. The, the no, face- well, I'm wondering if you saw some of his his uh, brilliant quotes. I didn't know I these were live. Some of them for you. I didn't know this was live now. Somebody activated no, no, the Facebook he made, page. He's, he's done a couple quotes, and he's uh, he also made a uh, headshot for Hollywood. So yep. I'm wishing him the best, honestly. He, he's also on t- Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash rlmalprac. Mm-hmm. Although he hasn't he's said anything on Twitter for a while, so I, we, we got we to gotta poke him a little bit. Well, allow me to read some potential Twitter feeds or tw- Twitter tweets. Okay. I'm, I'm Okay. You ready for this? Go for it. Chairman Mao say, respect yourself and others will respect you, especially when you scratch their eyeballs out for not feeding you on time. <laughs> I can't have let no- my own cats hear that. No, Chairman no. Ma- Chairman Mao say, have no friends not equal to yourself. Therefore, I have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> Chairman Mao say, it's Mao. It's, is it Meow? It's It's got to be Meow. It's Meow. Yeah, Chairman Meow say... Ask him. Learning without thought is labor lost. Thought without learning is perilous. 
My food dish without tuna is unacceptable. Give me tuna. I command it. <laughs> hey. There we go. He's a very smart cat. Yes. Yeah, smart cat. When anger rises, think of the consequences, then ignore them and pee on the couch. <laughs> that has been known to happen. Yes. Except that's that's one I think that's the, that's his most recent po- it, post on uh, on Facebook. You know what? It, yeah, except for that one time when you know I totally let him take the fall for it, peeing on the couch. It's a different scent though, so you really couldn't. Uh, and I speak. I, I okay, don't know. Can, can I just can I just talk about this for a second? Okay. I speak as a man that is well acquainted with the smell of human urine on on carpet and and uh, and couches. My, my daughter is, is potty training right now, and let me tell you, it is just amazing the amount of, of feces and urine that I've had to clean up from our carpet. Oh, oh it's yeah. incredible. No, I, I've been there. The, the, you know, kids will give you the most amazing stories, and I remember Linus running around the house upstairs and just, like, pooping. It was just one random day. He was walking around and just, you know, pooping. And so, like... I, I'm going into one room to clean up the poop, and I don't realize that there's, like, a big chunk of poop in the middle of the hall, too. So I'm walking <laughs> along, and all of a sudden I feel squished, and I, I, I feel, like, I feel myself stepping in. I look, and, I, and I'm, it, 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 you can, it has a very distinct feeling, stepping in human feces. <laughs> so you just feel, like, this almost, like, silly putty mixed with Play-Doh type of feeling, and you're feeling it squished down on your slipper, and you pick up your slipper. <laughs> Brother. And you take it off and you're just, oh, you know, well, at least it wasn't my bare feet or my, you know, socked feet, but still, it right, was I, bad. I, I, one, I, got, I, I can one up that because Uh-oh. this happened to be this week. I had had a, de- a bad day on Monday, like just a terrible day. I was sick. Uh, I I um, I had uh, had too much caffeine the night before, so I didn't get much sleep. So it was just a terrible day. So on Tuesday. I woke up and I was like, you know what? This it seems like this is going to be a better day. I'm feeling better, all this stuff. And then I looked down and I smelled something weird. And I picked my foot up and I, I picked up this brown thing off the floor and realized that I had been walking around my house with cat crap stuck to the bottom of my bare foot. <laughs> wow. Actually. And, and that's when I knew that life was indeed terrible. And you know what so parents you know parents get warned ahead of time about the projectile vomit i don't think there is anybody that goes into parenting not expecting projectile vomit at one point or another yeah. the one thing i didn't uh, anticipate was the projectile crap where just i went to change my son and you know the poop just rocketed out of his rear went all the way <laughs> across the changing mat and just like onto the carpet i mean this was like a good three foot range i gotta give him props i mean it was like... my friend from oh yeah my friend from work actually had brought her daughter in and um she was changing her in in my office and she her daughter projectile pooped onto her suede shoes it was amazing <laughs> But let me tell you, uh, get back to vomit, though. Oh, no. Since this, is, this is the level that this show is clearly on. Um, <laughs> uh, you said that no one, every, you know, you expect projectile vomit. What I didn't expect 
was that the projectile vomit was going to all land on my chest. <laughs> my daughter puked on my... There is nothing worse, nothing worse than having feeling the 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 feeling of of warm vomit hitting your chest i think and then then smelling it and just being like oh my god i'm gonna puke too absolutely (laughs) just oh my god i think for me the the shocking thing for me wasn't the 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 projectile vomit itself but the sheer amount of it because you know yeah. these kids' stomachs are only the size of, like, a pea or a golf ball at the time that this is happening. And so thus I invented, and this is where my doctorate comes in, ladies and gentlemen, what I refer to as the baby inverse law of fluid dynamics. Here it goes. Basically, the amount of bodily fluid and the distance said bodily fluid can go is inversely proportional to the size of the child. Okay, Chris, I have a question. Yes. And uh, this is not my region of study, but obviously it's yours. So I, it's obvious to me that I have a lot to learn for you. Now, when you're talking about your uh, inverse bodily fluid theory, let's say a child produces four and a half liters of vomit and sprays it approximately five meters from itself so that would be a little over 15 16 feet because it's produced that much bodily fluid already will that actually the lengthen the time between it pees itself hmm like let's say a baby has to go pee but then they puke on the wall are they going to hold off that pee now because they don't have to pee because they've already well, expelled the bodily fluid? No, 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 no. Because, it would be all at once. Because in their crying fit, or or their in their crying fit after they puked, they will lose control of their bowels and also pee on the floor. Absolutely, I was going to say. So really, you know, what it, you're saying? Hold on, hold on. This is actually really interesting. Go I've ahead. never heard about this before. So what you're saying is they will literally expend all of their bodily fluids. Now, I understand the human body is about 70% water. They will expend all of their bodily fluids out their mouth, and then when they realize they've done it and how unpleasant it is, they will somehow generate more bodily fluids to expel out other regions. I, I think that's incorrect. I, I think... So what you're trying you, to say... You clearly don't understand the No, you're, you're, you're not understanding what? this. What we're saying is... No, 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 is... no, 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 no. No, you need to wait because okay. I just thought of a way to cure world thirst. I know we have a water shortage. Now, what we do is if we find a way to filter vomit and filter urine into fresh drinking water, all we need is one pissed off baby. And he'll just keep vomiting and peeing to give the world all the water they need. That. Because they obviously they're water generation machines. We can put these children to work. Right. Because I'm tired of unemployed children. True. I, I, I'm pretty more, I'm pretty sure what you're describing is a water treatment plant. <laughs> are there children? <laughs> well, I guess I don't know a whole lot about those either. But are there? Um, no, I don't even. I don't. Chairman Meow, what do you think about babies being employed in water treatment plants? <laughs> Had a yeah, I think I I think that's the end of that. But but speaking of things related, but, well, let me let me make one more one more observation. Comment here. Go ahead. Um, 
I just want to going back to my story about being puked on. The the other thing that I and I just remembered this. The other thing that I thought to myself immediately after my daughter had thrown up on me was, "Holy crap, you've had way too much milk today." <laughs> uh, yes. Just, just want to say because because it all kind of curdles in yep. the stomach. And Absolutely. It is quite possibly the worst. My daughter actually threw up in her car seat one time, and our car stunk for months. Oh yeah, yeah. It, I, it's, I, I wanted to. Do die. you know what? We should we should figure out a way to harness that smell and weaponize it. That's that... that, that's a, a good solution. That's how we can deal with ISIS. Oh yeah. Now now here's here's a question though. If you're do- so you feed a baby a whole bunch of milk. Then the baby throws up said half-digested milk. Is that the fastest way to cottage cheese? That's actually how it's done. Pretty much. Oh, okay. See, and you know what? It's times like this that I'm grateful that you guys are here because I learn a lot of things that I didn't know. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you want some cottage cheese, just have somebody puke in your mouth. Sounds good. It's a good thing I don't really like cottage cheese, and I think warm 98.6 degree Fahrenheit cottage cheese probably is somehow even worse than the stuff you keep in the fridge. See, I actually, yeah. I, see, I'm one of those people. I actually eat cottage cheese just straight out of the container, <laughs> a- along with pickles and uh, olives. Yeah, I put I, I put a few green olives in it. Uh, but but the idea to me of of like warming up some cottage cheese to just, like yeah that sounds body awful temperature just doesn't really seem appetizing. <laughs> okay, what's the fastest way to warm cottage cheese to the body temperature? Obviously, stick it in your armpit. Uh, well, no, I mean it involves a, a plastic bag and some sort of pump. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not just any sort of pump. Uh, Chairman Meow. No, so, so, what, no, Chairman... no, no, Chris, hang on. Before before you uh, go to Chairman Meow, there is one more point I'd like to bring up because uh, I spent a lot of time listening to you guys, and um, go ahead. It made me think of one thing. When you were talking about projectile pooping, when did we lose that skill? Because it's obvious that infants are blessed with something that's pretty amazing, and there's an age somewhere we just can no longer crap all the way across the room. You know, I think that that Jackson Pollock would probably disagree with that. (laughs) Well said. All his paintings were made. (laughs) He ate a lot of really colorful food. Why are they all brown? I don't understand. <laughs> no, no, just the early paintings were brown. Oh man. <laughs> okay. Now well, I would like to you know. What? Yeah, I, at some point, at some point, he thought to himself, "There's got to be a better way of doing this." <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, I think Chairman Meow's fed up with this. Okay. So you know, what? I think it's important now. We. Oh yeah. There we go. That'll be thirty thousand dollars, please. Absolutely. <laughs> thank uh, you, Doctor Poop. Thank you. Well, we here at the uh, on the RO malpractice team, you know, w- we won't say that we're, you know, big into celebrities or anything, but you know, there's one man, one man who has changed the face of American and dare I say international cinema more than anybody else that we can think of, and that man is Ralph Macchio. Damn bike! I hate this bike. 
So, thusly, we shall devote part of our show to keeping our informers, or our informers, well, both our informers and our listeners informed about what's going on in the life of Ralph Macchio today. So, um, the the last thing I saw on the uh, various news, you know, sources online was was that um, evidently Ralph Macchio was in an, a, a film other than um, the Karate Kid series, and also was and you know outside of playing himself being Ralph Macchio. Uh, evidently in the nineteen in nineteen eighty three he was in a film called The Outsiders, and evidently the uh, cast had a reunion uh, not too long ago. So. The question that I pose to the the panel is, uh, well, what happened at this reunion? What type of uh, activities do you think went on at this reunion? Because the sources really didn't say, other than you know, the cast got together and had some food. They they had a uh, they had one of those wooden karate dummies set up, and they uh, practiced leg sweeps until they could break the the bones. Sweep. Did leg. did did they punch the head on the 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 dummy until their knuckles bled? Only punch when they were angry. <laughs> you know, I uh, I think there was um uh, honestly I think there was a lot of uh, sanding floors, probably a lot of fences that needed to be painted, and um, on top of that there was probably a lot of crane kicks, just because apparently the most telegraphed move in all of martial arts is also the most deadly. You know, I, I, I got to say, though, I, I'm not really sure if, if that's the most telegraphed, um, just given, uh, uh, what's his name there? Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. What is going on with my brain? Uh, Pat Moria? Chuck Norris. Chuck, Chuck Norris. Norris and the roundhouse kick. I mean, oh, like, if true. someone tried to roundhouse me, all, all I would do is just step forward and punch them in the kidney when they turn their back on me. Yes, but you know the dumbest karate move think, in the I world. Think, I think the coolest fight ever would be Ralph Macchio versus Chuck Norris. The crane kick versus <laughs> the roundhouse kick. And they could just be poised and ready to go, but neither of them would go anywhere. It'd be hilarious. It'd be just like a Mexican standoff. Yes. <laughs> but but we must remember the legend of Chuck Norris. Can can the legend of Ralph Macchio stand up? against the legend of Chuck Norris. That, that is the question. I mean, we have two forces of nature, you know, colliding. This would be like, you know, two hurricanes colliding, with, you know, within a tornado or something like that, you know, just something that is ridiculous. We, we should set it up. We should totally two, set it up. Okay, okay, okay. Two what, hurricanes. What sports style? <laughs> two hurricanes. Kumite, Kumite, Kumite. <laughs> Inside of a tornado, two hurricanes, you mix them all together, and then in an earthquake, you know what you get? What? Ralph Macchio. Hmm. So you're saying Ralph Macchio would consume Chuck Norris or become one with Chuck Norris? Crane kick. If you watch Karate Kid very closely, like I have, when he was being trained by Mr. Miyagi... All he ever learned how to do was block. And then after that, Mr. Miyagi just threw him into a tournament and said, you'll figure out the rest on your own. And you know what he did? He figured out the rest on his own in literally five seconds, and then he won the whole damn thing. Ralph Macchio. 
That is true. So what He's you're saying the best is around. absolutely. So you're saying that it's nobody, an, nobody is ever going to bring him down. True. I was going to say, you know what, I, I, you know, unfortunately, Pat Moria, a.k.a. Mr. Miyagi, is no longer with us, uh, at least in yeah. bodily form. But, you know, I, I heard a rumor that the, at this uh, Outsiders reunion that, that they might have been trying to do some sort of seance or something. I don't think it worked because, you know, I don't really believe in such things. But, uh, you know, I'm sure they had a good time of it. Ghost of Mr. Miyagi? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah. He is probably just as good at rubbing his hands together as he was when he was alive. Probably. I feel like I feel like him and the guy from Kung Fu The Legend Continues are just hanging out in the afterlife. I always thought they were the same person. Just waiting till Jean-Claude Van Damme dies so that they can kick the crap out of him. Don't forget Mako, too. <laughs> what? Who? Mako. Oh. Mako? Yeah. I'm confused. Uh, Mako was uh, in another karate movie called Sidekicks, along with Chuck Norris and some other kid. You know it would be a great karate kid movie? And I I can't believe I haven't thought of this before. Um, A karate movie where the karate kid has to fight an adult and gets the the crap kicked out of him. (laughs) Just like immediately get knocked out with one punch. That would be like the scene from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where you got the guy with the swords going nuts, and you know, in they, the end, goes fighting an elevator, Ray just, Rice style. Just pulls out the gun and <laughs> oh, shoots him. Oh, too soon. <laughs> I miss the reverence, evidently, but I'm fine. Yeah, I, I'd, okay. like, I'd like to apologize on behalf of the show. Uh, Chris gave me that joke. It's okay. It's Nobody's watching. Fault. I already made fun of women earlier. <laughs> Wow. Good job. Okay. So, moving on, uh, I'm wondering, you know, what 80s movie would you want to make a sequel to? And what would it be about? Uh, Kung Fu from Beyond the Grave. (laughs) Really? And it would be about... um, it would be about grunge rockers that come back from the dead to fight Stalin. <laughs> no, the, that'd be like the '90s version, I guess. The, the, Absolutely. The question I have is though: would it would it be real grunge rock, or would it be like soft rock like... that is claiming to be grunge rock, just like it was synth rock claiming to be hard rock? It would. It, okay. Okay. Actually, you know what? Yeah, you're right. That's good. Um, it would be the lead singer, the undead lead singer of the Gin Blossoms, <laughs> fight, fighting Stalin. Wow. Wow. And Kurt Cobain's off in a corn reading his own hand. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, uh, Dr. Tom, what 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 would if you could pick an '80s movie and make a sequel? What would the movie be, and what would the sequel be about? Uh, what I had in mind, um, unfortunately, it's not an '80s movie, but it is an early '90s movie. So I'll, I'll accept that. We'll, we'll okay, accept so that. so if you look at the hair, you almost think it might have still been the '80s. But what I was thinking of is 
it's it's almost not appropriate because it was originally a Philip K. Dick uh, story, but was uh, making a sequel to Total Recall because <laughs> in the original movie there was a lot of speculation, especially among fans, whether the entire story actually happened or whether it was all a dream in Arnold Schwarzenegger's head. Well, I want to make a sequel where it's just all a dream in Arnold Schwarzenegger's head, and then the next movie is two hours of him doing his boring job. <laughs> we could call it total nonsense. There we go. Total boredom. <laughs> total uh, Total now, normal. Even, let me put it this way. Um, total paperwork. That's total a good paperwork, one. yep. Sounds acceptable. Total mopping floors. I think um, for me... I, you know what would be great is if you actually did have a quota that hung off of your body and just like you could just... It, every once in a while you would just stand up and quota would pop out and start typing away at your computer and doing some of your work for you. Just standing there holding your coffee like, coffee like, hey Fred, what's up? And and you got like a little midget guy hanging would... out from your torso. That would actually be really bad news if you worked in like a corporate environment. So you're like you're you're in the middle of writing an email, an important email about TPS reports or whatever they do, and all of a sudden in the middle of the email, all you see is open your mind, 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 and then you have to explain to your boss, oh, I was sleeping and Quato took over. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, I, I was gonna say for me, you know, even though a sequel was done to this 80s movie, I, I, I feel like it wasn't done right. And that, that was the movie Short Circuit. And you see, to me... I, oh, Chris, I, Short Circuit 2 is a classic. You know, that's He's that's selling fine. the little robots in New York City. He blows up a lot of robots. Look, let me put it this way. I think for a sequel, what really should have happened is, being that this was the 80s and, you know, we were... Kind of still, you know, not getting along with Russia. I totally think that the second movie, that he should get struck by lightning again and just go on, like, a killing spree in Russia just as a vendetta against, like, everything. Okay, I like your idea better. It's good. Well, the thing is, is if you look at it, I think originally he came from a defense contractor and his purpose was combat. So that's sort of like, that's almost like, I mean, I don't want to say it's expected because it's a second lightning strike, but I think it might be fun if he did get struck again by lightning. That would definitely work. That part would work. And then he just stopped working because it overloaded his circuits. And then we can get like an hour and a half of just a robot sitting there in an alley. That could work. Nothing. And then you could have people, like, getting all, like, emotional and weepy about it and, like, you know. No, no, nobody ever found him. Maybe some homeless guy comes pees on him. (laughs) But wouldn't wouldn't a second lightning strike in that manner just, if it reverted him back into a killing machine, then he would just... Well, the, here's the thing. No, 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 no. He's a killing. No, he would still be a killing machine. But Chris, it would be a sequel that would completely undermine the plot of the entire first movie. And that's a problem. I, I think it's brilliant. <laughs> exactly. Well, and here's the other thing. you got to keep in mind, it doesn't revert him completely back to where he was because he still has his own free will, you know, versus the other robots were kind of, you know, like, you know, pre-programmed. Well, in this case, he has his own free will, but for some reason, he just decides that, like, you know, uh, something from the original programming comes back and he just decides to invade the Kremlin. But you know what? On top of that, you may have also created a great like sci-fi horror uh, hybrid movie because let's say he's still in New York City. 
gets struck by lightning. All of a sudden, he remembers he's just supposed to kill a lot of people. He could just start killing everybody in New York. That could work, too. I, f- I feel like we are, are bordering dangerously on turning this into Terminator. <laughs> There's no time travel. No, no time it. travel. Completely different. And he's not going after specific okay. people. Okay, so then let me bring this up. Should there be time travel? No. There maybe, should now. Maybe, maybe maybe Johnny number five goes back to the ancient world and, and fixes some crap. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Crap. Maybe he finds the first ever proto-Russian and kills the first proto-Russian so that and all of... Never their, Russian. Russian never happens. So then we have an extension of China and... Uh, What's on the other side? Poland? Well, we we've got well, hang on. We got China, no, but, uh, Poland, and you know what? We should throw in um, you know, we'll say that the uh, the Ottoman Empire expanded a little bit in that direction too. All of a sudden, it, Latvia, it, Estonia, just... Lithuania, and the Ottoman Empire are just enormous in the future. See, this just ends up getting back into the same old trap that all time travel, at least backwards time travel movies fall into, which is that you alter one thing in the past and everything becomes different, but then you got to wonder, was it already different in the first place? That's true, but nobody really cares about that, so I, I don't think well, it would clearly. make a huge difference. All right, so we're just ignoring plot holes at this point. We're, we're going to ignore plot holes and, you know, Punch physics, physics metallurgy, metallurgy, all that Chris, stuff. Chris, this isn't Vietnam. There are rules. <laughs> oh, Ouch. You know what? I'm surprised that you didn't say this isn't the war on terror. There are rules. No, actually, for some reason, Vietnam, that's actually a lot more poignant. True. We're not I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm quoting from the Big Lebowski. Oh. Uh, yeah, there wasn't anything. <laughs> Here I go, thinking you were being clever again. Don't mess with the Jesus. You trademark is stupidity. Go lick some bowling balls. Yeah. Hey, um, so, well, speaking of that kind of grumbling uh, noise. Harlequin nightmare, fool. What? (laughs) Okay, then. Speaking of um, additional bodily functions, uh, we, we, you know, we here at RL Malpractice are poetry lovers. And, uh, you know, for that reason... We have a very, very special segment dedicated to poetry, which just embraces everything farts. that is wondrous about the human body, but most specifically, farts. All right, so our 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 poet in terms of our fart poetry this week is going to be Dr. Tom. Uh, I know we have some other poetry Thank we could touch on a little you. bit later, but why don't you? Uh, I'll I'll set some mu- mood music and you can get started. That's perfect. Thank you very much, Dr. Chris. I have three I would like to spare today. 
Uh, the first one, they're all haikus, by the way. So if you're not familiar with a haiku, they're uh, syllabic in their own uh, structure. First line is five, second is seven, and uh, third line is five. Uh, yes, also five. So here comes my first one. <clears throat> my own rendition. The 1812 Overture from my butt trumpet. Here's my second. Morning sun ascends. There goes my damn butt again. <laughs> Playing Reveille. I got one more, and then we can carry on to other things. Live devoid of fear. But beware, man's greatest foe. Barking butt spiders. <laughs> That's all I got. Thank you very much. I'll see you next time I do this. Wow. <laughs> that was special. You're welcome. Thank you. Very nice. Oh, very nice. Now, now Thank you. While, while the fart poetry is definitely going to be a staple of our show, I mean, th- th- this is clearly, you know, uh, Dr. Tom, you, you really, you know, we, we could definitely pick up on just the, the depth of whatever it is oh, that you were reaching for. The depth of farts? Yes. I try not to reach in that general direction. I'm just letting you know. Okay. If you have to reach, you should probably take some constipation medication. <laughs> no, sometimes you got to go for it, though, Tom. Sometimes, sometimes you have to roll deep. <laughs> uh, sometimes fart, you do. And fart deeply. And love while farting. Some, sometimes you just gotta fart till you poop. Yep. Exactly. Wise words. I was gonna say, now, th- this isn't, you know, while Dr. Tom does specialize in, in this particular brand of uh, poetry, this isn't to say that it, we're not open to other poetry. Uh, in in no. fact, don't we uh, don't we have some sort of um, oh we have the poem of the moment on our website at uh, rlmalpractice.com. That's a u r a l malpractice.com. I actually I don't have the site up right now, but if you're interested in sharing, you're more than welcome to do so. Okay, uh, I will pull the site up. And again, we, we do suggest that you uh, go to this site. It's A-U-R-A-L malpractice.com. Uh, that is our wonderful website. And uh, let's see. So I will take a look. You will have to click on the archive link to, uh, to find this. And do you know what? If you email us at feedback at romalpractice.com along with a, uh, uh, um, you know, a fee, then uh, we'll, you know, less uh, a very nominal fee, as the website says. We'll be more than happy to post it for you. So uh, the poem of the moment this week is by Howard White Coxwell, and the poem. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're not pronouncing that right. C O X W E L L. Say it. Say say it now. Okay, Coxwell. Say it again. All right, I'm gonna stop saying it. <laughs> One more time. No. <laughs> What's and his name? I forgot his name. His name is Howard White Coxwell. What's that last part? <laughs> okay. On to the poem. So this poem of the moment is entitled The Stupid Cow. The stupid cow wandered on to the tracks, and there it still abides. The stupid cow, it lies there now, only in pieces along 
the track's sides. And again, that is by Howard White Coxwell. Chris, hit record. I just did. Hit record. I'm gonna have to. Re- I'm gonna have to cut that out now. Thanks. Coxwell. Thanks. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Yes, so again, this uh, thank you to Mr. Howard White Coxwell uh, Coxwell. (laughs) for this poem. If you would like to be featured again, um, by all means, feedback at rlmalpractice.com. That is where you can leave us your poetry, and we'll be more than happy to put it on the site. All right, moving on. Are you going to read it? I already read it. I thought you were going to read it. I did read it. But you didn't record it. No, I read it. it. I was recording while I read it, but I thought you guys were still on the call when I was recording it. I'm still on Coxwell. Yeah, but you dropped off the call. Yes, I did drop off the call, but the recorder was still going when I dropped off. So, okay. So, pretty much what I heard was um, you this- gave the name of the poem... And then you dropped off. So you're still recording. Then you spoke the poem. So pretty much what you're trying to say is we should be at the point after we heard you read the poem. Right. That okay. Was really, that was really good, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to leave all this in because I'm too you lazy to edit. the best part was? I didn't have to hear you read it. That was amazing. Yeah, I like that part too. Alright, in all seriousness, I can read the poem that's, again. No, 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 you don't. That's how no, all po- I feel like that's how all poetry should work. <laughs> what, where nobody hears it? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like, my plan is still to create a book of poems called Poetry That Doesn't Suck, because the problem with poetry is that it sucks. And, and really what you should do is just sell a blank book. I was going to sell a haiku full of farts. Right. Ooh, I, I, or better yet, Tom. Actually, that's really clever, though. I would love to do that. Poetry that doesn't suck and then sell a book full of empty pages. Wait, wait. But even better yet, what you have to do is you have to I find... I full of, like, shopping lists and, like, cash receipts and, like, stuff like that. Like, bank statements. Somehow that's more interesting than poetry. Do, do you know what else you should do, though? <laughs> I think, no, I think, I think you should... Somebody, somebody needs to make a book that's just pictures of grocery store receipts. <laughs> it would be a, it would be a brilliant coffee table book. Wow, I like it. I I do too. I would buy it. No, I wouldn't. No. But Actually, then you could see like, it's like random like <clears throat> like this person bought chocolate sauce and condoms. Exactly. It's like this person <laughs> bought a Bible and a jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> Because if you ever go back and you look at your receipts, it's sort of whatever is on your mind. So if the store provides it, you can get some really, really strange stuff. It's like, why is this guy buying, like, golf clubs and personal lubricant? I don't understand. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. All the receipts have to come from a Super Walmart somewhere in the South. Super Walmart, definitely. Well, it could be anywhere, though. Because there's not a whole lot of places that you can't get peanut butter and a package of enemas. <laughs> but Walmart is one of those places. Yes. But seriously, can I just say my, my college experience in living off of peanut butter? Basically, peanut butter and ramen noodles. 
that binds you up. <laughs> well, okay. So at least I was uh, when you started talking about your college experience with the uh, <laughs> one being peanut butter and enemas. I actually thought that was going to go into a lot worse places. Nah, no, no, no. Wow. Well, you know, college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peanut butter enemas. I will say the very first time I bought a package of condoms, I also bought a stick of gum because I just felt so awkward buying them. Well, if you but go up to the it store. It didn't make it any better. <laughs> no, probably not because it's sort of like, well, I plan to chew gum after the fact. You know? <laughs> Josh, if you were going to be classy, you know, even though I know you don't smoke, you should have at least, you know, gotten a pack of cigarettes. No, you know. no, that's that's you should have bought like condoms in a microwavable okay. pizza. My, my <laughs> wife has now come out of uh, the other room and has actually made an effort just to come and glare at me. <laughs> Is it the condoms part or the gum part? I don't understand. Yeah. Why do you hate gum? <laughs> wow oh wow hey uh chairman meow i got a question for you how do you feel about this whole thing going on right now all right great let's move on yeah all right yeah i got something i want to talk about okay sure. go for it um, well, I figured, you know, we wanted, we wanted to talk about some of the bad movies that we've watched in the, the recent past. Okay. Um, so I was wondering if, uh, maybe we want to have a quick conversation about the brilliant piece of cinema, uh, known as Birdemic. Oh, gosh. I don't think there's anything that needs to be said that the movie doesn't say already. I'll be completely honest. Yeah. Yeah. My wife is still glaring at me, and I have no idea why now. Probably because you're talking about Birdemic. I'd be glaring at you. Wrong. Yes, I would be glaring at you as well. Yeah, Th- this movie. To to give you an idea, I mean, the three of us used to do some, you know, pretty ridiculous video stuff back back in the day, and by back in the day, I mean about ten years ago. And to give you an idea, the stuff that we shot on a three-chip camcorder, like DV camcorder, looked and, well, I won't say necessarily looked better, but it definitely sounded better and had more of a plot than Birdemic Shock and Awe. Not only that, but, uh, you know, really, uh, I I don't know. I don't even know where to go. It's bad. Okay, well, let me me describe the movie for a second. Go ahead. Just a quick synopsis. This movie is basically if you combined uh, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds and uh, Al Gore's An Inconvenient Truth. As spoken by it, the director. And made it really, really boring. Uh, okay, okay, let me, let me rephrase it. It's, it's The Birds, An Inconvenient Truth, and Al Gore's personality yes. made into a movie. And oh, oh, and the birds explode. With how terrible it is. You, you yes. forgot the, oh, yeah, highlights. Highlights. The birds hard. explode at random. Yep, killer birds. Killer birds that shoot acid, that that are, do like kamikaze raids and fly into things and explode. Coat um, hangers. And, and yet you can fend them off with coat hangers. Yes. <laughs> and Metal coat hangers. 
bangers. And you can stumble upon weird scientists that happen to be in the middle of a park that then, you know, start mumbling about global warming, you know, because, yeah. you know, the scientists in really fake looking plus uh, uh, black wigs. Yes. Yeah, there was but definitely I th- my favorite part of that movie, by the way, is the way they get out of that scene, which is that the scientist in the woods says, uh, oh, I hear a mountain lion. I better go. <laughs> yep. I, 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 I need to use that line at some like, point in my life because that is actually pretty good. I'm writing it down right now, believe it or not. No, uh, seriously. I mean, honestly, like if you're ever in a conversation um, where you want to just get out of it and get in your car and drive away, just be like, oh, crap, I hear a bear coming. No, <laughs> no, I'm sticking with Mountain Lion. Mount, okay. You know, in my town, a, um, there was actually a, a, rabid, um, bobcat? Uh, a rabid bobcat that attacked, like, uh, uh, a, a couple parents that were, like, taking a walk with their infant. And the, wow. guy, the guy picked up, he, like, grabbed a mailbox or something crazy like that and, like, hit the thing. <laughs> so he took a mailbox, ratcheted it out of the ground. I know you live in a small town, so the thing is, is uh, one of the things about small towns is that, um, you know, hanging out of the passenger side window with a baseball bat smacking mailboxes is actually a pastime for a lot of high school kids. So I'm assuming this mailbox is actually cemented into the ground by a concrete. So when I see the side ripping out a mailbox essentially i see like a double-ended weapon with a mailbox on one side and a giant like maybe 70 80 pound block of concrete on the yeah. other and this guy going after a well rabid bobcat with it that's yeah. like, like american gladiator yeah. times 10. well you think about it you turn to your wife who's holding your your infant child and say right fend for yourself for 20 seconds while i pull this mailbox out of the ground <laughs> Yeah. I suppose. By the way, by the way, Tom, I, I gotta. I, I know this is probably mean, but I gotta bring this up. You know, you're talking about smashing mailboxes. Just mailboxes just reminded me of the little incident where you stuck your head out of the backseat of my car, and then proceeded oh. to smash your head on the top of the window. I remember <laughs> this. You know what? You know what's really funny? <laughs> you're bringing up the story, and Chris is saying he remembers it. But honestly, I don't remember it. But if the story involves me smashing my head against something, I can understand why I don't remember it. Well, I guess what was better what was better about it was that the whole reason you smashed your head was that you stuck your head out the window so that you could shout at some middle school girls. You know what the funniest part about that is? That's the part I remember. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. What, what I also were we talking remember. about. I don't know. But we were I talking also, about Birdemic. Bathroom, like I don't know, putting ointment on my head because I was like, man, this would be the scar in my entire life. This actually scarred. Yeah, I remember telling you you should get stitches, and you were like, nah. <laughs> no, no, actually, it came out pretty fine. I got much cooler scars than that, and also much lamer ones. Do Do you have a big scar on your shin? Um, I got actually. Hold on, let me look. From from the I garage from the garage door opener. <laughs> Not from the garage door opener, but I kind of actually it's funny because I kind of wish I did because that would be my best crappy story ever. I was just doing something cool just to impress the camera of some kid, not like you know, not anything special. You, you mean but I was like, like hey, me. look at me, bang, ouch. I, I believe the words after you did that were 
that really, really hurt. <laughs> I remember it because I said it. I remember it because I've watched it multiple times just when I'm feeling like, you know, bad to give myself something to laugh at. Okay, so let me just interject here and say that the plot of Birdemic is very similar to the trajectory of this conversation where it just meanders aimlessly. The, the only thing we're missing movie is, ends. is a Mustang. Yes. Oh, that's a right. Mustang, a Mustang we forgot Mustang about the Mustang. That apparently, that apparently gets 100 miles to the gallon or whatever he was claiming. <laughs> yes. And that actually was probably the funniest part of the movie because he's like, here's a car I made up. Yes, I mean, clearly, for some reason, th- this low-budget, like, really cruddy movie somehow got into some, like, arrangement with either a local car dealership or Ford to basically uh, have serious product placement in the movie. I'm, I'm pretty sure it just probably happened that somebody that was involved in the movie knew somebody that owned that kind of a car. Exactly. And, and somehow managed to sucker them into doing that. But what, I will what, say my favorite scene from that movie, it, just just from the standpoint of, of somebody that that um, knows, although I, I, I do corporate video, so it's not as if I know a lot about cinema, um, but I know just enough to know when something's really, really, really terrible. Um, and the, the boardroom scene where they announced that they sold the company for like a million dollars or a, no, it was, I think it was a billion dollars. He made like a million dollar sale. Yeah, I remember yeah, that yeah. part. Well, the, the, the boardroom scene where they just keep doing that tracking shot, the, the, um, uh, the, the, the slider shot where it just goes down the table and like it keeps showing people clapping and they, like, they'll stop clapping and then they're still, they'll start clapping again. For like no apparent reason, there's one shot in that where just randomly for no, there's a dude humping the chair next to him. <laughs> I missed that. Yeah, well, most people don't pick up on it because you're just like that movie is just such a cacophony of terribleness <laughs> that you can't catch everything. But I watched it again uh, recently on YouTube, and the guy was humping the chair next to him for no reason, and somebody was sitting in the chair. <laughs> So it's not as if it was an empty chair. Uh, And and the guy that was sitting in the chair, you know, you would expect he would be looking at the dude next to him saying, uh, we're going to go to HR and have a conversation after this. Uh, Was was just looking at him like, yeah, this is great. You know, we're so happy. You know what, Josh? I I don't see what your problem with, you know, furniture love is. Like, uh, why why are you so bigoted? You know, All right, who, who logged off? Tom, Doctor Tom just dropped out of the comment. I, I guess furni- the, the discussions of furniture love were too much. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I, um, I really, I have strong views on that. No, yeah, I, I definitely understand that. Um, I disagree. With your strong feelings, because well, I know, have strong feelings honestly, too. Honestly, honestly, at at that point, the guy knew that he was a millionaire. So, yeah. an office chair, really? Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I mean, P- come on. Go, go get a lazy boy. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh. You, you can do better. So I do not know if this show is terrible. Doctor Tom <laughs> is going to be joining us back after uh. 
after his disappearance. Um, we'll wait. We'll we'll wait and. Hey, there's Doctor Tom. Oops. <laughs> what do you, you do? You missed my joke about lazy boys. Whoa. <laughs> Dr. Josh, you sound like like three cyborgs having sex with three more cyborgs. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. I like I'm, actually, I'm actually having some unbelievable audio quality issues right now. That's actually yeah. that's impressive. You just randomly dropped off. So, I, feel, I, I think there's a lot of audio quality issues. Cause like every once in a while, Tom's voice sounds like it's on auto-tune. Yeah, it, yeah, it cuts out every now and then. A lot better right now. I, I'm not sure if I can blame it on Google or blame it on my internet connection. I did move into a new apartment, so things could have changed. We'll, Let's blame Google. We'll discuss. Yeah. We'll, we'll discuss what platform we will record this on in the future. Uh, but now during the show is probably not the best time to do that. So. Uh, so what you're trying to say is you're actually keeping all this? Oh yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> so we. So we've been talking for an hour. Uh, yeah, we. I was gonna say we're we're at about that time where we're going to unfortunately have to leave our unfortunate listeners. So you're welcome. Uh, yes, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, we we here we the doctors are here to serve you and to serve mankind. And you know, to be honest, the stuff that we talk about is important to everybody. I mean, clearly because we're the ones talking about it. So. Uh, if you have anything to reflect on or any ideas for us, uh, feedback at rlmalpractice.com is the place to do it. Or uh, if you just want to send hate, hate mail. Yes, you could do that as well. Uh, we appreciate that. Please take I everything that we mail. say with a grain of salt. Or, or if you'd like to stalk Chris or Tom. Yes, uh, you yes. could do that as well. Uh, we do have a page on Facebook that evidently went live, and I didn't realize. So um, I don't think it's actually live, but uh, things have been added to it. So when it does go live, there will actually be some content as opposed to just a uh, blank page full of, please listen to me. Okay, cool. See, I was posting stuff to it, and I thought the world was listening. No, the world was not listening. Terrible. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll activate that, so it'll probably be facebook.com slash RLMalpractice. And then on Twitter, it's uh, RL Malprac because Twitter is a bunch of jerks that won't let us use the full name because it's too many characters. So the pages I, I, may, may Chris, I, I would say that they are a bunch of twits. Yes. Oh. Hey. <laughs> All right. So I think you actually laughed way too much about that. Uh, I think he's faking it. He's playing a sound effect. Anyway, I, I think with that, we're just going to wrap things up a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, uh, until our next episode, I'm Dr. Chris. That's Dr. Josh. And I hear a mountain lion. I better go. I'm Dr. Tom. <laughs>